we are in a sermon series called Ordinary People, Extraordinary God. And we've been looking at different people that even though they are ordinary, even though they are normal like me and you, that they trust and serve an extraordinary God. And so we've seen a few different people so far. A few weeks ago we talked about um, a voice of the martyrs um, person that, that went recently, his name, uh, a few years ago, uh, he went uh, to bring the good news of Jesus with the people in a remote island. And his name was John Chow, and he, he died for, for Christ. And we learned that God sends ordinary people who are surrendered to accomplish his extraordinary purpose. So God, God is sending people who are surrendered to him to meet his extraordinary purpose, because he is an extraordinary God, and he uses ordinary people. And then we looked at the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel 1, and how she really, really desired to have a child. And so she said to the Lord that she would give this child to the Lord if she, if she would be blessed with a child. And so we saw that that blessing comes through surrenderance and obedience to the Lord. And so she was blessed to have a child and then later more children uh, because of her obedience to the Lord. Last week we, we saw in, in the book of Esther a man named Mordecai. And we said to take a stand... We need to be confident where we stand. And Mordecai, he stood up. He, he stood up for others with radical love by taking in his cousin, adopting her and teaching her, uh, by, by discovering a plot against the king. Uh, he, he took a stand on our faith. We take, like Mordecai, we take a stand on our faith with conviction that he didn't bow, down, bow his knee to someone else, but he would only worship God. And also, like Mordecai, we saw last week, that we stand with other believers in their faith with courage. And so when Mordecai, when, it, when, when the people were going to be wiped out, essentially, Mordecai encouraged his cousin, the queen at this point, to go and take a stand. And even if she dies, she dies. But to be courageous. And so we need to also be encouraging others in their faith, and to be courageous. So today we're going to be going to the book of Joshua, and in the second chapter of Joshua, we're going to be there today. So I encourage you to open your Bibles to Joshua 2 so you can follow along. And in Joshua 2, we need to know a little bit of the context here. The background is that Joshua has just been appointed the leader of the Israelites. Moses had been a faithful, great leader, and he dies, and appoints, before he dies, God appoints Joshua to take over as the new leader. Now, the first whole chapter of Joshua is all about God telling Joshua two things. Anybody know there? Be strong and courageous. There we go. Be strong and courageous. God said over and over again to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be ready to lead these people. Be ready to do what I'm calling you to do, being courageous in me, being courageous in where I'm leading you. And so for 40 years, the people have been wandering around the desert. They've been, they could have been into the promised land 40 years before, but 12 spies were sent into the land. 
And they saw the giants of the land, this promised land that God was going to give victory to them. They saw how big the people were. And they saw how strong the people were. And they, they did see the good things about the land, how it flowed with milk and honey, and they saw the fruit of just great things. But they got scared. They didn't think that their extraordinary God was strong enough to help them defeat all these enemies. Now, ten of the twelve thought that, and they convinced the Israelites that we can't do this. Even if God is for us, we can't do this. I think a lot of times, that's sometimes what we think, or at least we wrestle with, that even if God is telling us to do something, no, look at, well, look at the giants that are there. Look at the obstacles in my path. There's no way that I could actually do that even if God wants me to do that. And that was sin. Joshua and Caleb were the two spies that said, no, let's do it. We can take it. God is on our side. It doesn't matter how big the people are. If God is for us, who can be against us? But the people listened to the ten. And after 40 years, where that whole generation died off, now we come to Moses has died. Joshua's the new leader. The people are ready to take the land. They're, the, the new people, the younger generation, are rising up and saying, let's do it. Let's take the land. Let's obey God. And, we've, and before this, we've seen that they've, they've crossed the Red Sea. They, they have crossed. They, they, God has showed some mighty things. They also have defeated two of the, of the kings east of the Jordan. And so, bringing up to, to Joshua 2, it says this, Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent out two spies from Shittim. Go! Look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went out, and they entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab, and they stayed there. So right away, this, this story just gets right into the story. So these two spies are, are to go out, and they're supposed to explore the land. They're supposed to see what, you know, if they have any weak places, you know, how they can enter. All these things to help Joshua and the Israelites know how to how to move. And and it says we don't know how long they have been exploring, but they stayed in this woman's house, who was a prostitute. And the king of Jericho was told, look, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out our land. And so the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and have entered your house because they have come to spy on the whole land. Okay, so the king is sending this message. All right, um, so there's bad guys in your house. Bring them out so we can deal with them. And so Rahab knows right if she disobeys that she is a traitor to her people. But the woman who had taken the two men and she hid them. And she said, yes, the men came here to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk when it was time for, to close the city gate, they left. And I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may be able to catch up after them. But she had taken them up to her roof and hid them under the stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. Verse 7, So the men set out to pursue the spies. 
uh, from the land and to the fords, or the, where it leads to the fords in the, of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies had, before the spies laid down for the night, Rahab went up to the roof, and she said to them, "I know that the Lord has given you this land, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you." We have heard now, or we've heard how the Lord has dried up the water of the Red Sea for when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you have completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is the God in heaven, above and on the earth below. So here we see Rahab. This woman, this woman that only tells us that she was a prostitute. She had a place, it does say later, it says that she, she had a place that was right against, or in the city wall. And so these, she gave these men these, a place to stay. But as soon as she heard who they were, she decided to help them. She decided that she, her faith was in the God, the extraordinary God that she's been hearing about instead of whichever, whatever she had believed before that. Her faith was in the God Almighty. I mean, right, right there in verse 11, she says, for your, your Lord... For the Lord your God is the God in heaven and above and the earth below. She is declaring that God is supreme everywhere. She says, I know that the Lord has given you this land and, that, and there's a great fear of, of all of us. I know that God has given you this land. I mean, did the Israelites even know that? I mean, they've, they've been hearing that and they were told that, but she knows it. She believes it that the Israelite God has given the Israelites the land. And so, she had a great faith. And her great faith helped her love people. And our first point today is that our faith in the Lord should lead us to love others. Her faith in the one true God helped her make a decision, a quick decision, to Save the lives of these men. That showed love. That showed courageous love. That showed radical love. And she confesses her faith in the one true God by saving these Israelite spies. You know, our faith should be in. You know, we, we come to church, we, we read our Bibles, our faith should be in the true, the true, one and only God. And I believe many of us it is. But does it, does it lead us to show love to others? Does our faith in the one true God help us show love when we have opportunities to show love? I hope so. In, in James, in the New Testament, James 2, 20, 4 and 25 says, 
You see, a person that's considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So, if you're someone that believes, it's not just about head knowledge. It's about what they are also doing. Now, of course, we know that it's not about what we do do we earn our salvation. It's, it, that's false, right? If we say, oh, well, you're just going to do lots of good things, then we can be saved. That's not the Gospel. But James is saying that when a person is righteous, not because of what they just believe, but how they show their belief, how they love others. And he gives this example. He says, in the same way, was even not Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them out in a different direction? I mean, some people would say, hey, wait a minute, she lied to the king. That's wrong. She did something wrong. She's not righteous. But would you say Corey Tin Boone? Would you say, sorry, not Corey Tin Boone, um, the hiding place? Of, oh, yeah, okay. They were hiding people to save them from being killed? Would you say that she's not righteous? Would you say people that are doing something out of love to save people in the name of Jesus is not righteous? No. Our faith in the Lord leads us to love others. And really, in this case, Rahab was not just loving others, she was saving their lives. If the king and the army would have found them, they would have been dead. So, that's our first point today. Our faith in the Lord should lead us to love others. And I hope that, our, that your faith and my faith does show, not just that we're trying to show people, but it, it actually is genuine that we are loving others because of the, we love Jesus and because we know and we believe in Jesus. Well, then, then Rahab moves on. And so she's declared, first of all, she, she shows that she extended grace. She, she gave these people their lives. She stood up for them even when, when, that was, when she just knew that was the right thing to do. Then, then she declared to them in the next few verses, she declared how her, her belief is in the true God. And then she wants to make a deal. She says now, in verse 12, Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will... Bear my life, the lives of my father, my mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. She, she wants to make this deal. She said, I saved your life. Now, I know that your God is going to wipe us out. I know that your God is giving us the victory, giving you the victory over Jericho. I mean, she had a lot of faith. And she knew that they were going to destroy the city. And she knew that everyone would die. And so she makes this, she, she asks, she, she, she wants her family to be saved. She said, we saved you, I saved you, please save me. Now I don't know what she thought. Maybe she thought, I, I don't believe, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm not in your, in your tribe, I'm not part of the Israelites. Maybe even saving your life wasn't going to be good enough. So she's saying, please, please, honor this deal. Please, spare my life and my family. And they said, 
in verse 14, our lives for your lives. Because they, they recognize that she had saved their lives. And so they want to honor her by sparing her life. And they said, if you don't tell anybody what we're doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us this land. And so then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house where she lived was part of the city wall. And she said to them, go to the hills so that the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourself for three days until they, until they return, and then go on your way. Now the men who had said to her, this oath you make us swear will not be binding unless, or it won't be binding to us unless we enter the land and when you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you just let us down and unless you have brought your whole family into your house, if any of them go outside, they will, we will not be responsible for them. If you in verse 20, if you tell anybody what we're doing, we'll be re- released from this, essentially this contract. And she said, agree. Let it be as you say. So she's making this deal. She wants her family to be saved. She first extended grace to others. She extended salvation to these men. And now she wants salvation for her, her and her family. You know, it's interesting in this in this deal, each of them were, each side was to show loving kindness. And the word loving kindness in the original language is the word hesed. Hesed is a Hebrew word that many scholars debate about what it means. Hesed is, I think, the, mo- the, the, the most common word used to describe how God chose to love us. And so they are saying, they are using this word they're saying, if you show, or since you showed loving kindness, we are going to show loving kindness to you. Or you could say faithful covenant. You could say mercy. Many, there's many different options of what this could be. But, but here, it's pointing to, to Christ. It's pointing to a God that chooses to love. And she chose to, to show love because of her faith in the Lord. And because of her trust in the Lord, just like our trust in the Lord, we should be motivated to extend and accept grace. And that's our second point today, is that like Rahab, our trust in Yahweh, the God Almighty, should motivate us to extend and accept grace. Now, it's kind of strange to say extend grace and accept grace. But in Rahab's story, she extended grace. She gave that salvation to these people, this this loving kindness to these two men that were going to be killed. And she extended the grace before she even knew if she would be accepted into the Israelites, into God's family. Now, I think normally we accept grace, we we accept God's gift of salvation. And then, because of His gift of salvation, then we extend grace. We give grace. 
but in her case, it was a little different. And so, as fellow believers, we should be trusting each other. We should be working together. We should be wanting to extend grace and accept grace and giving grace, especially to other people that we can trust. In the last part of this chapter, we see that in verses 22 to the 24, It said when they had left, they went to the hills and they stayed there for three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and, and returned without finding them. So they did what she said. They, they, she told them, go to the hills. Wait for three days. Don't be like just heading straight back to where, you're, where you have to go, but go wait it out. Go be patient. She had wisdom. And they followed her advice and her wisdom. And, and these two men, verse 23 says, they went back. And they went down from the hills, and they forded the river, and they came to Joshua, son of Nun, and they told him everything that had happened to them there. Of course. They told, they told the story of this lady who took them in, who, who essentially risked her life for theirs. So they said, they said to Joshua, this, big, this is a big statement here, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands and all the people are melting in fear because of us. The whole land is going to be ours. Yes, we already know this, but now we know. Now we've seen that people are afraid of us. Remember 40 years ago? We were afraid of them. Remember? We didn't want to go into the land even though God said we could have the land. This is a promised land for your people, for the Israelites. And they were too scared. Now, because of this act, of this, this courageous act of love for this woman with, with faith, Rahab, now they've experienced and they've seen firsthand that the people are melting in fear because of they said because of us, but really it's because of their God. Their extraordinary God. Their extraordinary God that is going before them. Their extraordinary God that's, that's leading them and protecting them and showing them what they need. And so these men, they came back and they gave this great report. And this, this testimony that this woman had said that what people believe about their God changed, what they, changed the whole perspective of the Israelites. Our third point today is that our testimony in the Lord should inspire others to trust Him. Her testimony of the Lord, even though it was just like, I believe your God, I believe in what your God is doing, and all the people here are melting in fear because of your God, because of the extraordinary God that you believe in. We know that He's the true God, and we know that He's the God that's going to wipe us all out. And we are scared. And so her testimony inspired all the Israelites to trust God. Her testimony let them trust 
that God is who He says He is, that He is going to lead them into victory. And we see right away that the next day they, they start preparing to go. They start getting ready to go and, and after some time, we, you know, we, a lot of the kids know this story, but the army marches around the city for seven days in a row. Just marching around. And on the seventh day, when they march around it seven times, they were to shout and scream. Not because the people up there looking down at the wall would say, you guys are weird. <laughs> because they were to shout and scream. They were showing that they trusted in their extraordinary God. They trusted in Him to do everything. They didn't have to figure out how to get into the city. But the walls came tumbling down. Was it because of what they were doing? No, it was because of God. But they did what God was asking them to do, and so God was, God was doing what He said He would do. Provide the victory for them. And then we see that, that this family, Rahab's family, is saved. Joshua honors the commitment to save her. But our testimony should be leading others to trust in the Lord. Is what we're saying about God making other people inspired, encouraged to trust the Lord? Is, is what we, the way we live and talk about God, are we looking for opportunities to, to talk about how God is extraordinary, how He is the one true God, how He is a personal God, that He loved us so much that He sent His one and only Son to die in my place? And, we, and through that, we can inspire others to trust in this good God. So, like Rahab, our faith in the Lord should lead us to love others. It should, our trust in the Lord should motivate us to extend and accept His grace. And our testimony in the Lord should inspire others to trust in Him. You know, in, in the New Testament, there's a, there's a Hall of Faith chapter that, that the author of Hebrews writes. And there's only two women that are included in there, and one of them is Rahab. The prostitute Rahab. And it says that by faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient or unbelieving. That she had faith in the true God. And that her faith led her to action. So, there was this, this scarlet cord that she let them down on to save them so they could be saved away from the soldiers, away from the city gate, so they could escape. And this scarlet cord that these men went down on to leave the city and be saved was then the same scarlet cord that, that they told her Hang this scarlet cord in your window so we know which house to protect. Because she asked, in verse 12, she asked, give me a sure sign. Give me a true sign. Give me something that I can hang on to. Something that I can look at 
Something that you'll see and I see and we know that we have a deal. Something that I can look at to see that I'm going to be saved from the certain destruction. And we have a sure sign. As believers in Jesus Christ, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior of your life, we have a sure sign. And our main idea today is that our sure sign is the cross. Our, the cross of Jesus Christ is our sure sign of our extraordinary God's amazing love. His grace given to us when we were still in our sin, when we still, like Rahab, she had no chance, no hope. But when she looked to the scarlet cord, when she looked over the next few days and over the next week or so, when she looked at that scarlet cord, and was, especially when these Israelites are, are going around the city wall, and she's looking at the scarlet cord saying, my hope in salvation is in this scarlet cord. Our hope of salvation is in the cross of Jesus. That's why we hang up a cross. That's why we use the cross. Because it's not, it's not defeat where someone died, although Jesus did die. It is our victory. It's our victory so we can celebrate the cross of Jesus. I wanted to read just for a little bit from a, of a book called Extraordinary Grace. And it talks about Rahab. And it says, one of the reasons that we can trust Scripture is because it doesn't sugarcoat truth. It doesn't dress it up politically correct speech with evidence to the people of the day. Saying, Rahab was a righteous woman with a few flaws. Not true. Rahab welcomed many people into her house. It just so happened that she befriended two Israelite spies. No. It said in the Bible, Rahab was a prostitute. Period. There is no reason God should favor someone of such low standing, someone of such ill repute. I mean, why would that be in the Bible if it wasn't true? <laughs> we don't want to like show the bad things about people. No. It says this, but this is the way of grace. And this is the way of God. How He wants to work in your life if you let Him. God does not want you to simply know about Him. His goal for your life, is, to not, is not to get you to cower in fear of Him or of His people. His desire for you, by grace, to draw you to Himself from whatever situation you're in and to showcase His love and mercy through your life. Gary Chapman and Chris Fabry. Extraordinary Grace. God wants us, wherever we are, when we were in sin, if we're still in sin, He chooses to accept us. He chooses to pour out His love. He chooses to go to the cross so that we 
could have life in Him. And our response, as we look at the cross, it's our sure sign of salvation. It's our sure sign that God saves not just people out there, but He saves me. Our sure sign in God's salvation is His cross and His, His love. But some, some don't accept. It even says in Hebrews that, that, that Rahab believed, but not all are going to believe. Not all are going to believe. And so, we need to be people that accept God's grace. Understand God's grace. And extend God's grace to others. So that people can see that we have an extraordinary God. Not just that we want to have a God that just can do whatever He wants and takes over. Yes, He has all power and authority to do what He wants. But He is loving and gracious. And He wants us to know Him. So as we close today, I encourage you to think about this question. So just take a moment. This week, how can I encourage, how can I show love or extend grace to others? Lord God, we thank You that You are a good God. You are the God Almighty. The God who is extraordinary. And Your extraordinary love has been lavished to us. God, we pray as, as Rahab had unlikely grace that she received and that she gave, God, we pray that we would admit that we are sinners, that we would admit when we do things that are wrong, that we would be right with You, Jesus, that we would come to You and confess our sins, whether that's for the first time or that's regularly, that we would want to be in a relationship with You where we can trust You. So God, I just thank You for Your free gift of salvation, for Your grace given to us even when we didn't deserve. Pray that through this story we would see and trust in You, the good God. Please help us to lead others, to encourage others, to show others who You are by our testimony and our faith and trust in You, Lord. We pray this in Your Son's name.